This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Heartburn. I get it a lot. No one asks me if I'm doing okay from it. What are we going to do? It's a question of how serious you are about seeing justice done. You get me? Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast of Rolling the Pod. <laughs> I'm joined as always by my friend Frank. Hi, we're not friends. Oh, Oh, <laughs> I met him two days We're ago on a bus business. station. This is strictly business partner. <laughs> That's it at this point. Frank, let me business ask you. Business is booming. Ooh. Frank, let me ask you a question. How much water have you drank today? Not enough. Not enough. Go get some fucking water. This so we can talk about nocturnal animals. <laughs> this episode of Pike is brought to you by water. Don't drink enough? Drink some more. <laughs> We can't do two sponsors in one no, episode. No, yeah, it's impossible. All right, go ahead. Let's go. All right, so yeah, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we will be talking about Nocturnal Animals, 2016 by Tom Ford. Mm-hmm. And Directed by 2016 in the year Tom Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by 2001, not the Space Odyssey, just the year. <laughs> so this is a very interesting movie. It is. This is, because this was my first time watching this movie, even though I picked it. And it is not a sequel to Nightcrawler, as I originally had thought. Did you really? No, I just, I mean, I just saw Jake Gyllenhaal and, like, relatively similar names for the movie. So I was like, that's <laughs> probably <laughs> somewhere be. in the realm. Might be in the same universe. Yeah, but no, it's, it's not. not. No. But, man, this is, this is a very interesting movie. Yeah. I'll run down, like, some of the people first, and then if you want to go into, like, what it is. Sure. All right, so... You, you have, like, a few main characters. So, like, the main one that you follow is Amy Adams, who plays Susan Moreau. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays Edward Sheffield, but also plays Tony. Right. And then I only put, like, a couple other names because, like, I didn't really care too, too much about, like, some of the, the non-important characters. So... Aaron Taylor Johnson plays Ray Marcus. Yes, he does. And he has a great head of hair. Yes, he does. Yeah, good head of hair. And then your boy, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Plays Bobby Andes. He's so good. I love him. He's so I good in this so movie. Much. And then he's I, got like that perfect, like dry, just Western. Like he's just yeah. so good. Yeah, <laughs> he, he plays a very good, like rugged cop yeah. sheriff type With thing. nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> he really has nothing to <laughs> Literally lose. Literally nothing to lose. <laughs> I don't get why Jake Gyllenhaal had to have like a like a southern accent in this movie. Oh, in um like in real life. Yeah, cuz like cuz well he's from Texas. Like actually? Well, not in like in the movie the character is from Texas. No, I know, but like So then he would have a southern accent because Texas is down south, Zach. Yes. I, I get that, Frank, <laughs> thank you. But I don't I don't get why like Edward himself had to have a southern accent. Well he's the writer. He, he's be like he's So ba- what all writers are southern? Well no, he's just British? basing it off of himself. You got a lot of nerve <laughs> coming up with things to tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> Who else you got? Anybody else? No, that was it. I, really? That was yeah, it? I, I kind of just left them as is because like I was going to put in the mom and the daughter, but, but like they're, they have all they like, have 10 they. lines. <laughs> yeah. And then I was going to put in Susan's husband, but he's a fucking dick and he says You're three like, he lines. doesn't deserve it. No, he doesn't deserve <laughs> anything just because he's handsome. He is handsome. He is. And he makes eight figures. He's uh, But whatever. I make two figures a year. <laughs> so what's up? And I'm I'm average looking. <laughs> so compare me to him, why don't you? 
oh wow this got real personal yeah you know <laughs> whatever ego comes into play and like i'm a little I'm a little shy about how i look but whatever let's get into the movie All whatever right. So this movie is definitely this is movie's uh like dense. So you have you have three different storylines going on in this mm-hmm. film. And I think Tom Ford does a very very good job with balancing all of them. I think and so. I think that he paces this movie very very well. And basically if you haven't seen Nocturnal Animals, it's about um a woman who is very wealthy so it appears. So it appears. And her husband and you can tell that their marriage definitely isn't great. It's lacking. Yeah. I think more so just because, and we'll get into it too, but like a, a big part of it has to play with like Susan's mother yes. in the film. Yeah. And she just, she's in this marriage just for more so like the money and because her husband's handsome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so she's in, she's in kind of an unhappy marriage and basically she receives a package in the mail and it's basically from an ex-husband of hers, mm-hmm. who is Jake Gyllenhaal. Edward. Edward. And he basically, uh, he, he, he mails her a he's, a, he's a novelist, he's a writer, mm-hmm. and he mails her his very first novel that is going to be get, getting published. Somewhat like what you did for me. Yes. <laughs> and, and basically the film is, it takes place in real time, where she is actually in her life with her husband and going around doing that. Mm-hmm. And then there is the flashbacks to her with her ex-husband, mm-hmm. who is Jake Gyllenhaal, and, like, you know, that whole story. And then the real meat and potatoes of it is the her book. reading the book and then you you watching the visuals and you're kind of in between all of those stories at once and you learn what happened between her and Jake Gyllenhaal and what, you know, why they got divorced and why they, you know, how they met and all that. Uh, you, you learn it. I think that the story in which he writes is very much based upon their relationship. Yeah. I have and like a whole I feel theory. like it's very, yeah. And I feel like it is very cathartic. I think mm-hmm. like when he was writing this book it was it was very much a a catharsis experience on just kind of ridding her of his life and kind of getting rid of her and definitely like i mean he literally when she opens the book it says for susan it's Mm -hmm. like i I don't know if you would go as far as calling it a dedication but it's definitely in that realm realm of dedicating it to her this is about some stuff that and, happened and then she like cuts herself opening it too yeah with the paper cut mm-hmm. which i i thought was very funny because she's talking to like her maid right beforehand and is like you know what just take like the weekend off yeah, like i'll be fine very, uh... and then she opens it and gets a paper cut it's like no 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 wait can you come back and open this for <laughs> yeah, me yeah. and i'm like you can't open a book <laughs> just because you got a paper cut i got six nails in my hand <laughs> i still went to work today <laughs> Um, and that's basically what the movie is about. And it's kind of like her reading this novel and her reali- realizing some things about her life and mm-hmm. maybe some poor decisions that she made and some regrets that she has. Um, and yeah, and I think that, I mean, to first start it off, how, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it, but what a jaw-dropping opening scene Oh yeah, the, With the, the women, very first scene. The women like yes. dancing naked. The, yeah, the the more so obese women dancing with like American flags and everything like that. Yeah. And it it goes into the title screen 
and I was sitting there and I was like, this is going on like four minutes. Yeah. Like this is so long. Yeah. yeah. Like I actually, I kind of, I fast forwarded a little bit. This is the entire bit. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hour and 30 minutes. This is the whole thing. No, I fast forwarded through it. Cause I was like, Jesus Christ, this is so long. Yeah. And then you come to find out that like, it's an art gallery and you find out that Susan is an art director. Right. So that was like an art piece of hers. Yes. So but she, it's also used as the opening credits. And the music, that yeah. like swelling orchestral music, is just yeah, so it's, beautiful. It's very, very. Tom Ford like, directed the shit out of this movie. Yeah, like holy fuck. Did he do anything else? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, he did one other feature film. I okay, can't remember the off the name of it off the top of my head, but that one's very, very good too. But mm. Nocturnal Animals is like. I think that's his best. Then, well, it's only it's, you've only seen it. So. Well, that's why I said Ben <laughs> because <laughs> I've only seen this. But yeah, no, like there, there's a lot of like dense pieces to this movie yeah. and. It plays around with a lot of different things. Like, there's definitely, like, a guilt aspect to the whole thing. There's a revenge aspect to the whole thing. Um, and you really don't get, like, the full pieces of the story until, like, about 75% into the film. Yeah. Which yeah. is really cool. Because, like, for a while, I was like, all of this isn't fully adding up. Right. And then, like, once you get to that 75% mark... You're like, oh, fuck, I get, like, the whole idea now. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that first scene was a little... It's, it, it, it's almost uncomfortable to watch, but it's bit. also, like, beautiful in a way. Yeah. And, then you again, get, like, like the, the really... colors and everything that Tom Ford uses, like the, like, the color palette in this film is just beautiful. Like, the saturations and all that are really, really gorgeous. And, and the music is just so, again, like, orchestral and yeah. very, like, cinematic, like, extremely cinematic. And it's just very, very beautiful. And it's... I remember I saw the film in theaters and I absolutely loved it. And as soon as it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it. And then I showed uh, like a group of friends and you have to really watch this film with the right group of people mm -hmm. because if you have like immature friends, they're not going to really enjoy this not, as much. No. Like and it is gone. very like, it is a very artsy type movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's very kind of like indie style. Yeah. Although it has like very big names and whatnot, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, he, it's, you know, like just that opening scene alone, like depending on the group that you watch it with, there's really two ways that that can go. It's either everyone just starts laughing hysterically mm -hmm. or everybody's jaws dropped for it. Yeah. And everyone's just kind of like mesmerized mm -hmm. by it. And I'm hoping that I think <laughs> mesmerized yeah, is I'm the one that you go mesmerization than other than just like thinking that it's stupid because it's. Look, listen, he's a fashion designer, right? Tom Ford, like, that's what he does, right? Yeah. He's, he's mostly known for his clothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that aspect of him really, really, like, comes through in his films, specifically this movie. Like, yeah. you can tell... Like he puts the, a lot of effort into like the in, design into the for visuals. Everything. Like yes. everything is very, very visually pleasing to look at, and I think that comes with him being in the fashion industry. And a good portion of this movie too is just visuals itself. Yeah, like you're not really like Amy Adams for the most of this movie says like maybe twenty lines, and that's it for an hour and a half. Like it's mostly visuals of her. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And then even so like at the art gallery in the beginning, you have like the shots of like her breathing and then it shoots out to like an overview of the city yeah. and like you see the highways and the roundabouts. Yeah, it's and really it, cool, yeah, right? And it comes back and you get the slow panel of everything else. Yeah. And then um And you yeah. so like 
I think it's really it's a great like establishing shot when she is kind of like at the party. I think it's like after the art gallery, right? And they're kind of having like the you know like hey like all of her friends and everybody's there and they're talking about hey you did great blah 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 and then jacket. Yeah. The purple jacket. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and then you find out that, like, he's gay, but he's with, like, he's married to the woman who is Susan's best friend. Right. And, and like, and, and she has, like, an interesting thing where she says, like, it's great being married to a gay guy because, you know, I never have to worry about him, uh, like, cheating on another woman. She's like, I'm definitely the only woman in his life. Yeah. And we're best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it's just so odd because susan is in a it's but like it, it, it's it's a really interesting point that that is being made because mm-hmm. susan's in a point in her life where she, the only thing that's kind of keeping her around besides like the money and whatnot is kind of just like the lust yeah and they have and her, her friend with the gay husband has everything except for the lust mm-hmm. and she and she kind of like brings up a good point where she says something similar to like eventually the lust dies out and like after that dies out what's left like her although her husband is gay they're best friends with each other and they yeah. and they do love each other and they have a great relationship and they're genuinely happy opposed to Susan who's married to this straight guy and they kind of hate each other or yeah. at least she hates him and obviously then there's the other things that are happening like he's cheating on her and you like that unfolds so obviously like he's feeling the same way and their yeah. their their marriage is just not a happy marriage in any way and it's strictly based off of the looks mm-hmm. having everybody think that they're happy have everybody think that they're wealthy because even it said that you know they're struggling with money yeah exactly so, they bring up the point too where it's like her husband can't really like close a deal Right. So even though he makes eight figures, he's not doing great right now. Yeah. And they're more so relying on like her and being like an art director. Like she has one of two places in America that like you can still probably thrive as an art director because she's in Los Angeles. This movie right. takes place. So like this Los Angeles and New York City are like the only That's two it. places. Yeah, I think we're not, we're not going to Arizona. Like, it's no, just not gonna I, happen. yeah, like. You go to the Midwest and like try to do, try to become an art director. I don't feel like it would translate too too well. No, maybe Alaska. Alaska would work. <laughs> yeah, Alaska <laughs> is the pinnacle of of it. Hey, hey, there's there's a town in Alaska that had a cat as a mayor. Oh for yeah, three years straight. There is unopposed. That cat <laughs> was the best mayor. Didn't raise taxes. Didn't raise taxes on fish. <laughs> kept climate control under control there it is yep that's the big one (laughs) but yeah and then like a really important line too that susan's friend says is our world is a lot less painful than the world of art yeah now there's some fantastic like the writing in this movie is very very great yeah the dialogue for everything so good and do you want to get into like now the actual story yeah so you of edward that he gives to her right so you already mentioned like she gets she receives it and she's very you know she's been thinking about him for the past like year right and a line that keeps getting brought up too is do you still love him yeah like throughout the movie like no matter it be flashback present day story that gets brought up constantly and i think that's kind of like a reoccurring thing and does it ever does it does she ever answer it no right no she never answers that's interesting it's Mm -hmm. always like she always deflects it right exactly 
and so she so she ends up like reading the book and you kind of just get thrown right into it and you it takes a moment for you to kind of especially like the first time you're watching this it takes kind of a moment for you to realize what's going on yeah because it seems it, it almost seems like it might be a flashback to her yeah or something like you know what i mean like it, it like it doesn't he doesn't just like give it to you that like hey this is this is the story that she's reading but it does he does visually show you that and, mm-hmm. and like i think then you kind of line yourself up with what's going on and then you realize that's why because like i thought like when they were packing up the car in the story i was like oh okay like this is supposed to be a younger version of susan right with the, the main character Eddie. she does his wife does look very similar. similar to her and that brings up a huge point that i'll make at the end too yeah and then the daughter looks pretty similar to her real life daughter yes which you only get one scene of her just it's a good in scene, bed with though. a guy it's a great scene <laughs> yeah it's uh, funny and you know obviously jake gyllenhaal is like he's he's playing his own character he mm-hmm. is the main character in his novel i love him so much as an actor he's so good he's <laughs> um so you know it, it's kind of like you're kind of like a little confused at like what's going on but then once you realize that you're in the story world and I mean, pretty much from the start, I'm invested in this. I'm invested in this story. Mm-hmm. And when, if you don't know, it's basically like they go, they're like, they're kind of like going out for like a family trip and then yeah. they get pulled over on the side of the road by some hooligans. Drunk, yeah, <laughs> drunk, drunk hooligans. So like he kind of, so I'll say Tony in this. Yeah. Tony, who is played by Jake Joe in the hall in the story is just trying to make it to like their vacation spot yeah and he ends up like beeping his horn to try and like bypass some people moves around them and then it's a classic cage of like road rage basically gone yeah. wrong yeah where the daughter basically started this whole shit by think? flipping you i think, think so, so. I, th- I, th- I thought it was gonna happen no matter what i think with her flipping that off it, it caused the entire thing because uh, I think, I, didn't yeah, think that. I, I, I always just felt like no matter what, like th- this was the plan. No, I mean, I think like had she not done that, they would have just been like drunk and pissed off, but they wouldn't have started to like try and ram their car mm. because then that's really what happens is like from that point on, they start ramming and they eventually like pull over the family and they get out of the car and they realize they have a flat tire and it becomes very... It gets real tense. It gets really... I was fucking sweating. <laughs> no, it really Like, is. the entire time. Honestly, it's like... It's 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 like insane on yeah. how... And like, you, you, right now, you're getting like a most... No, no. <laughs> well, plus two, because like... like very physical. Right, right before it started and it said like, okay, what this movie is rated. And on the side, it said there's rape involved. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. And then the entire time, I was getting like super nervous of this scene. Yeah. Because this is really like... This is definitely one of, like, the pinnacle moments in the movie to me. Mm-hmm. Like, just tension-building-wise. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, when his wife gets taken... Men's daughter. And, yeah, when his wife and daughter get taken, and then he gets, like, he has to... He's basically forced into another car with, with one of the guys, and mm-hmm. he's driving, and then they kind of just drop him off. And he's kind of just left there for... To, I, I mean, I don't know if you would say left to die, but mm-hmm. he's just kind of left to like f- like find his own way out and whatever. And you have no idea. He has no idea where his daughter is, no idea where his wife is. And he's just literally in the middle of a fucking desert. Yeah. Went down like miles, miles and miles down a road somewhere that no, and like he is, he doesn't know anybody. So yeah, he's just kind of left in the middle of the wilderness and they come back for him. And yeah. They try to place like a trap for him where it's like, hey, mister, your wife's looking for you. Yeah. And 
I don't like Ray plays such a like convincing terrible villain in this movie. He's really good. He is, and I swear I've seen that man he in like, other he's, things. He's the kid from uh, Kickass. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh, he's also Quicksilver in the Avengers movies. Then. Yeah. He was also in Godzilla. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! I only liked him in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's all right. Even. So he's he's two for two. Yeah, he's really good in this movie, though. Uh, it's it's like yeah, the way that he plays this scumbag of the earth type. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very it, it's very rare in a movie when you can portray a villain so well that you genuinely hate him. like think. If you saw this guy in the street, that you just want to beat his head in, like, yes, like it's almost like you hate the actor, like you no longer like the actor because mm-hmm. he portrayed the villain so well. It's similar to like Breaking Bad with um, uh, his wife, yes, Walter's wife. What was her name? I can't. I don't know. Name. I, I never I saw it. Oh, you never saw Watch never, Breaking Bad? Never oh, watched wow. Breaking. It was never my thing. Um, well, I was, I was watching Sons. It's very similar to like. Walter's wife, where the woman who played it, the actress, just did it so well mm-hmm. that. I would watch interviews with them and I was like, I hate you. Like, I just don't <laughs> like you, even though she's a totally nice yeah. person, whatever. Right. It's just like, you just do it so well. And he, he definitely is in that category in this film. And Tom Ford really like just pulled out a fantastic performance out of him. Yes. And I love too like the aspect of where certain things lead into like present day as well. Yeah. Especially to right before they take his daughter's, and like he gets punched in the face mm-hmm. by Ray, and it snaps back to um, to Susan. present day. Yeah, Susan and like the fire cracked and it startled her. Yeah, and it's it's almost kind of like now bleeding into her life. Yeah, and she's then she's like so immersed into it. Yes, like she really can't stop reading about it. Yeah, and I think it's definitely taken a hold of her life. And then even so, like, a little bit afterwards, you have that scene of her going to the art gallery to try and look at a few different pieces for, like, her next showing. And her friend, who is wearing the most artsy clothing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, fucking the the girl from Incredibles that makes all the super suits. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And shows her, like, the phone of, like, oh, I can watch, like, my child on here, and I can talk to her because, like, I'm never really home. And then it startles her because Ray kind of, like, like, screams there. Yeah, screams and, like, startles her. Yeah. And she drops the phone. And I really like that because it's, like, she's becoming so immersed in the story, and it's starting to take over. Which pissed me off, too, because it was a jump scare, and that really got me. (laughs) It was bullshit. But, yeah, so... And then it's a little too on the nose too, like the painting that she sees and Revenge. pauses. For, yeah, and pauses for it. What little, about the what little a, on the nose? What about like the the cow? That was actually really cool. With the like the sacred cow being like killed. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was pretty nice. Yeah, that was a really interesting sculpture. Mm-hmm. Really, again, man, like the the, the visuals the, in this film are just insane. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, then then you kind of learn like a little bit of the flashback portion of it where you have like Edward and Susan, like they saw each other in like New York city and she's kind of like a little bit more established at this point. Cause they were like lifelong friends, like back at home mm-hmm. and they end up like going out to dinner and like kind of reconnecting. And then like you see their love kind of blossom 
And then later and on, for a moment, like for a little while, she really seems happy. And and well, that but like she's really like encouraging him. Like she wants him to be a writer, and mm-hmm. she like and she look like a big thing that kind of like keeps coming back in the movie is her and her mom, and how you, you know eventually always become your mother. Well, in this film, like you know in the in in the start she's very much like against everything that her mom thinks and mm-hmm. she's like i'm not materialistic like you i don't care about money i don't care about looks i care about genuine happiness and i that that's all that matters to me and you know when she starts off she's like defending edward edward she's defending edward saying you know like because the mom is very much in this you know where she's like oh he's very weak mm-hmm. and he's very this and he's not going to have any money and he's not going to be able to provide for you and she's like that's not what it matters and she's saying that like he's he's strong in different ways and she's like defending him mm-hmm. and the mom basically says like you'll eventually like come around and, and realize that that's not what's going to make you happy yeah and she's very firm and like no 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 and she's very much against her mom and then when edward is reading or when he has her read one of his like uh, scripts or whatever books and she's like, she kind of critiques it a little bit and he mm-hmm. gets really offended, which, you know, understandably, right. You're, yeah. you're, it's art. Like it's something, you know, that you're anytime you do something creatively and you and put somebody it out there. Ha- yeah. And then somebody has something harsh to say, you definitely do get offended mm-hmm. and whatnot. I mean, it takes like a long, it takes a lot of like, doing it you got to do it over yeah. and over and over again until you into like for you to not get offended yeah and but, a lot of confidence with it too yeah it's like i know that this is good yeah so you know and then she has the you know the line of she basically is like well what are you, she's like what are you gonna do she's like yes. you're, you're, she's like are you just gonna she's like is this it and she's like pointing at the apartment she's mm-hmm. like this is it for you you're just gonna like work at a library and and, and write a book and, and then like that's that it? and that's what that's all you're gonna do and he's like really really like hurt by mm-hmm. it and then he has like that really sad line where he's just like he kind of like explains to her like you you have no idea what it feels like to put yourself out there creatively and then he like as he's walking away he's just like I just wanted you to like it and he just like kind of like leaves yeah it's like damn that sucks like yeah that, no that's that, that, incredibly that's, sad yeah it's really sad and and you realize like where he's coming from and you realize that she is becoming her mom yeah and he, she even like at that point too she even says because when Edward says like you know you don't understand like you've never like tried to be creative. And she says, you're right, I haven't. I just produce it. Yeah. Because that's all she's doing. As like, And that's where the contrast kind of lies like in their characters, where Edward is very much involved in like being creative. He has like creativity for writing and like a, a much more like passion yeah. and very humble and loving. Yeah. Where Susan, more so at this point, is starting to come off where it's like, being an art director she isn't creative she's just showing off creativity yeah and i think that plays like a huge role in her character because now she's starting to become like a little bit more colder and a little bit more like cut off yeah from love right and then you know then you again this movie's bouncing in between everything and we're definitely not going in like sequence which is totally fine doesn't yeah, matter it's it's very dense to like try and like yeah, do but this format for we then Basically, you know, his wife gets taken in the story. Now we're back in the story. Mm -hmm. His wife and daughter get taken. And then he ends up, of course, going to the police. Mm -hmm. And then this is where Michael Shannon comes in. Oh, yeah. The best. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's searching, like, everywhere to try and find. And at first I thought he was going to be, like, a dick cop where he didn't believe that, like, anybody took his wife and kid. Yeah. And, like, that he was to blame for it all. And then I think it all turns around where... 
when they find like the spot where they were taken to. Yeah, the bodies. And, and they find the bodies of the mother and daughter on the couch yeah. completely naked and just dead. Yeah. And he just he breaks down and it's such an emotional scene where like he's on the floor like just crying. Yeah, and it's it's uh, Michael Shannon plays this such a great like he's he is he's very passionate about mm. what he, about his job. But he's also very much like a no nonsense type of guy, yeah. and like you know, there's a scene when he's sitting in there, and he's Jake Gyllenhaal is just kind of like in like an I think it's similar to like an interrogation room kind of, mm-hmm. and and Michael Shannon comes in and he's like telling him what happened, mm-hmm. and he's saying like they beat your they beat her over the head, they yeah. and then he kind of just like he's like and they raped her and they did that, and he's just kind of like going like on and on about and they did this and they mm-hmm. did that, and I mean Jake Gyllenhaal is just like. It's just like killing him to yeah. hear all of this, but Michael Shannon is just like this that type of character. He's just like, I'm going to tell you everything, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold anything back. And I guess he appreciates it. In I a think way. so. I think he kind of like needs that. Yeah, because he's like lost, mm-hmm. you know. And then you know, Michael Shannon's character is so interesting because it, the movie that I mean, are those the story? And then like cuts where there's like a year gap where they have no evidence. They don't know yeah, who they have these no guys were. They and they never find them. And then all of a sudden, they caught one guy, which was Lou. And right, then that was about it. Like Lou was just being sent off to trial. Yeah, but like they couldn't find Ray. And weirdly enough, they never find like the third guy. Did you no. notice that? Yeah, they don't. And I don't. I mean. Really, so like he didn't play as much of a role in it. Like right. Lou and Ray, I think were those the are like two the main, that, yeah, yeah, that mainly did it. Yeah, but I mean, still seems like you're missing someone. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> um, so he, you know, so it, it could then cuts like a year, and mm-hmm. you're kind of just at this point where he, Michael Shannon is just dying of lung cancer. Yeah, and yeah, he, he tells him. and like kind of like we made that joke where he has nothing left to lose because mm-hmm. he really doesn't. Yeah. And, he wants to justify this, you know, yeah. just as badly as Jake Gyllenhaal wants it. Yeah, because he says, too, he's like he's over his time as like a cop. He's seen way too many scumbags get yeah. away with stuff. So he is just doing like unorthodox things oh, that yeah. a cop is just not allowed to be doing. But he just doesn't give a fuck because he's going to die anyway. And he wants these guys to get their punishment. Mm-hmm. So he finds them. He's, you know, like we get to a point in which he he literally has them handcuffed into like in like a shed somewhere, mm-hmm. and he's giving Jake Gyllenhaal his gun, and he's yeah. just like he's like hold this, and he's just like and Jake Gyllenhaal's holding his gun, and they're like I think that was a bad idea to uncuff them both, and then yeah he uncuffs them, and then you know there's that great where I mean that's this is way towards the end now, like mm-hmm. we're getting out towards the end, but. Uh, you know, he there's like a scramble that happened, and then Michael Shannon just fucking shoots Lou, mm-hmm. right? Just boom, and, he, and he's down. Yeah, and he, and he kills him, and then he, and then he, he like executes him. He shoots oh, yeah. him once, and then he's still alive, and then he just stands over him and just blows his head off. Like, like yeah. it's it, he's no joke in this movie. And then I think this is the point too, where like you get the flashback of like Susan going back to school and like meeting with her soon-to-be husband, and yeah. then you get that emotional scene too of like them walking down the street and she says like I think we're not right for each other we need to break up and this is where again too Edward says do you still love me and she kind of just keeps walking. I think, I think, yeah. And he says it again. And then she's like, that's not the point. Yeah. And then he's like, that is the point. Like, mm-hmm. that's what matters. Like, if you love me, then, you know, it doesn't matter and all that. And they're kind of going on and on and on. And, you know, when when it's all revealed that, like, she cheated on him mm-hmm. and she got pregnant and had and had an abortion or is, was getting an abortion. Yeah. And 
you she's, see like Eddie just standing outside in the rain, like watching them in the car. Yeah, it's just like, man, like, and then you like you you see like as to why they broke up, and mm-hmm. obviously like that's the reason. It's just like, I normally don't like love stories incorporated into films. You hate them most but of the time. This one, I mean, this one isn't incorporated for an unnecessary reason. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the basis this is that's like kind of like the like the foundation of the entire movie and it's not like overly done it's not he like tom ford i think does a really really well job with kind of just showing you what you need to know and that's it Mm -hmm. they fell in love the mom didn't like him she defended him they they you know uh she ends up turning into her mom she's she ends up fucking around with somebody else she gets pregnant he catches them and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. there is no nonsense being really. It's all just kind of like the foundation and this is what you need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the ending of the movie, I think, is great. I think so, too. I think it's perfect, basically. Yeah, you have where it's like Ray's on the run and Tony in this story, he ends up going after him and he's driving in the car and he drives by and notices like the little shack right. that they had originally found like his wife and daughter at. Right. And he goes in there and finds him. And then it's just kind of like a standoff where it's like he's asking him to tell him, like, what he did. And you have, like, the same thing of, like, Ray telling him that he's weak. Yeah. And that he doesn't have the heart for it. Yeah. And he couldn't shoot him and do anything. And I think, like, the ending where it's, like, Ray, like, takes, I don't even know, like, a crowbar. like It's a crowbar, yeah. Or, like, the spiked thing that you, like, poke fire with in the fireplace oh, maybe yeah and he like rams that over his head as tony like shoots him mm-hmm. and he then wakes up and he's blind now because of like the shot to the head and he kind of like feels over and i thought that was funny too where it's like he kicks ray's head a yeah, little but it's bit. like totally accidental yeah, yeah but he notices that he's dead now and yeah. he makes it outside and he trips and falls and like shoots himself in the gut. Yeah. And he's just kind of laying there now. Ooh, man, one and of my favorite like what? sequences. Yes, because you you just it's silent and you have the heartbeat going and it cuts back and forth between Susan and Tony. Yeah. And like they're just it's almost like they're making eye contact with each yeah. other. It's like the it's way like that the it's heart shown. is like like that is like their one heart and it's yes. like then like dying. Yes, because then you have like, oh, so you, metaphorical, so so, so metaphorical. Well, yeah, so <laughs> metaphorical. Uh parasite reference. Uh but it really like super metaphorical and just so well done. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah, and then it just slowly stops beating and like that ends the story where it's like there was justice, but at the same time too like when you take justice into your own hands, you have like your own consequences for it and your own mortality to face. Yeah. And it's, it's very metaphorical. And then that's what kind of drives Susan then to like give Edward a call and just the ending of like her getting like dressed up because so they, they agree, right? So they agree that they're going to like meet up with one another. Cause he's like, Hey, I'm in town. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to be here for like a week or whatever. So if there's any, any time that you want to get together, then mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, well, let me know when and where. So she gives him a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean the, she, she gets like dressed the up. getting ready. Se- like the get, the getting ready scene of her in the bathroom is very, very, uh, important yes because she kind of like she takes off a bit of her lipstick and a little bit of her makeup because she realizes that like 
this isn't who I am. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't truly, truly who I am. This is what my life has become. Yeah. And she realizes that, like, that type of stuff isn't what Edward cares about, nor, like, all of this stuff doesn't matter. All the materialism, the makeup, the glitz, the glam doesn't matter. Yeah. But she makes a very important decision where she, re- she ends up not putting on her wedding ring. Yes. And she wears and a she very, smiles. very... Yeah. For the first time in the movie, she, like, genuinely smiles Yeah, for a and second. she wears, like, a very revealing, sexy dress, trying to, like, kind of impress him, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, when she when she takes off the lipstick and, and a little bit of the makeup, it's it's a very uh, powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Because... And, yeah, and then she goes to the restaurant, and she orders a drink, and she's waiting there. And then you get, like, the music swelling again, and it's just sequences of, like, you know how long she's been there because more people are leaving until like she finally realizes that he's not coming and then it goes to black. Yeah. And there's a great, you know, it's a great shot Tom Ford does where you see, it's like a full body shot of her mm. sitting there. And then he does like this really, really intense close up of her eyes. And like, you can see them like getting red and they're becoming glassy. Cause she like wants to cry. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of like cuts back to her full body again and she's just sitting there and yeah, the music's going and all the people are leaving. She ordered like, she had time to drink like two full drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just sitting there by herself and yeah. And then he never shows up. And I think this is where like the theory comes in where like this was Edward's revenge right. for everything. And I mean the story more or less like, is about Susan. Yeah. It it and I think there's an interesting contrast where it's like there's Tony in the story and then there's the split side to Tony which is Ray where it's yes. like Ray is more of kind of like the animalistic more like aggressive side of what he always knew he could be in writing. Yeah. He's he's showing it where it's like Ray's the side of him that isn't weak that he can take full control. And when he dies and when Tony dies in the story, that's more or less like the symbolism for me, at least that like the love of Susan and Edward dying as well. And he's kind of like, this is almost his way of coming to terms with how their relationship ended. Yeah. But it's also a metaphor to show Susan of like, I understand that, you chose wrong, but now I'm showing you why you chose wrong. Yeah. And you can never go back to it again. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of like exactly pinpoint everything. I almost feel like Ray might even be like Susan as well. Could be, you know, where it's like kind of like specifically like for like when that scene, like we discussed with the heartbeat where it's like going back and forth, I don't know. It just it almost just kind of feels like when he killed Ray, mm-hmm. that was kind of like the final factor. Like that was the you know the point in which he killed her out of his life. Kind of like she is now officially gone. Yeah. But I also think that you. I think that's a good point that you made. That it could also be him. I mean, it, it's it's really left to up interpretation, right? You don't really know. It's just it's all metaphorical. Yeah. Bobby uh, could also be like some form of symbolism for more of like the just more so like the, um, the well-rounded more like matured version of Edward where it's like, he understands judgment and he understands like what is right and what is wrong and will go by the rules for it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, like I said, like Shannon could be like his conscious. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Of like what 
should I do and what shouldn't I do type yeah. thing. I don't know. Like it's there's a lot there's of a lot to it, and I think play I, with and it. I don't think that watching this movie once is good enough. Mm-mm. I think watching it a few times is kind of a necessity. Yeah. Um, because I think the movie is very metaphorical, and I think that you know everything has everything. I think in this film really is done. Everything like every there's no shot that is just for being a shot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this is important. This is important. This is important. All the scenes are important, and like w- like sitting down and analyzing every single one is something that only over the course of watching the film a handful of times, then eventually you'll probably get like a more well-rounded version of what you believe everything means and what the characters truly mean to you. Yeah. And that was like the only other thing that I wanted to add in from before was like, even so like the metaphor of like her cutting her finger open while trying to like open up the book was again, like another symbolism for like the pain that she caused him in the beginning. And now she's kind of, it's almost like the start to how she's going to feel the pain yeah. of breaking up with Edward and like hurting him. Yeah. So it's a dense movie. Yeah. It I was, mean, it's very interesting. Yeah. And you know, like something else is obviously like she realizes, I think that Edward going, used to call her a nocturnal animal cause she couldn't sleep. That is true. And that's the name of the book. Uh, and then also of course her realizing, uh, you know, when, when she's sitting there at the, at the table alone by herself and, and she's sitting there and she's crying like, I, I mean, on the surface, you could say she's crying because she got stood up, but I mean, no, I don't believe that's really it. It's like she realizes that, of course, she made the wrong decision in life with going with her current husband, and yeah. the love and all that is not really there. With what she had with Edward was real, genuine love, and they were they were ha- like, you know, for a moment they were like really happy, and, yeah. and it was like real, authentic love, and it had nothing to do with looks and money and all that, and. Now she kind of realizes that she's kind of stuck. Yeah, exactly. Where she like lost she... Edward fully. Like he's not, he's mm-hmm. never coming back in her life. And, and she's kind of in a weird, in a real, in a weird position because again, she's in this world of everything is about looks and everything is about how you appear to other people. So I don't see her getting a divorce no, I she's just kind of like stuck. You're stuck in an unhappy marriage mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. And in, essentially, she ended up becoming her mother in the end. Uh, yeah, and exactly. She and she, of course, ends up becoming her mom. And and I think her sitting there crying at the at the table is her just everything is just kind of like coming to revelation where she just realizes that she's what she had, where her life is right now is where her life is going to stay. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, does she deserve it? Does she not? Is she is she a bitch? I, is she not? Like, <laughs> there's all these questions that you know. It's it's really up to you as to if she is, if she's not. Do you kind of feel bad for her? Do you feel like she, you know? I feel like a little bit of sympathy for her. I don't think like, I don't know. Like, it's a very harsh realization for her. Yeah. But I mean, in the end, she somewhat got justice. Like, she somewhat got what she deserved. I mean, by that, where it's like she had a chance at real love and she chose materialization over it. Yeah. So she has to live with that decision. She and does. I think that's more or less the story. And then I don't know if you knew too, but this was actually based on a book called Tony and Susan. No. So the, the exact story was taken from that. And that's what Ford used as like the basis for the movie and very similar, same thing, like woman reading a story of her ex-husband and 
Uh, I think there was only like a couple of things that were like changed about it, but yeah. like nothing too too crazy. Yeah. So it's a cool movie. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's I was, very I was, I was really excited for you to watch it because I I really really like this movie a lot. And it's not a sequel to Nightcrawler. It's not a sequel to Nightcrawler. <laughs> uh, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it, guys. Awesome. Um, Frank, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Now, Frank, roll the credits.